Thank you so much for listening to the Jesus Family Podcast, where we want to help you follow Jesus and find family. We are in a teaching series called You Are What You Think, how the enemy attacks you, how to fight back, and how to know that you're winning. These episodes are recorded live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central on Facebook and YouTube, and then I will take that, edit it down, and release it the following Monday for the Jesus Family Podcast. So if you want to watch any of these episodes live, please join me this Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on Facebook or YouTube. Episode two is called, what we're doing right now, is called biopsy results. Biopsy results. Now, biopsy, it's a medical term. Usually it's, it's, Uh, in relationship to cancer, but it could be used for other things as well. A biopsy is where you have some suspicious tissue that shows up on an x-ray or a scan. And so the doctor wants you to come in for a biopsy, which is a a surgery where they kind of cut you open and they cut out a sample of that tissue and they run tests on it. So it's invasive. It's a little bit nerve wracking. And the whole idea is to figure out, okay, is this tissue, is this questionable tissue, is it the sign of something benign or is it the sign of something malignant? Is it just, oh, you've got a little swelling, it's not that big of a deal, or, okay, I think we just discovered cancer in you, we need to attack this. So it's trying to find the source behind the problem. So in episode one, Mad at Hell, we figured out that there's a problem. And now I'm going to try to put the uh, I'm going to try to point to the source behind that problem. Now, it's going to be one that you're going to, if you're a Christian or if you're used to Bible study, it's going to be one that you're going to connect the dots pretty quickly. It's Satan, but we need to sit with that for a little bit. We need to feel the weight of that, and that's what I want this episode to be. So, we know that the world is bad. So now we need to try a diagnosis, diagnose it. And I don't want to diagnose it the wrong way because we can get stuck on, oh, it's just the economy or it's just um, politics or it's just, you know, um, so-and-so is making me mad or it's just my boss or it's just my living situation. And if we have the wrong diagnosis, we can actually make, make things worse. So episode two is me trying to give you my diagnosis of the biopsy that I've been conducting on the world for, I don't know, years and years and years now. Now, with that being said, doctors are supposed to be the ones giving diagnoses. I am a doctor. I'm just not a medical doctor. I do have a doctorate in ministry from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, which basically means it's a Bible, it's a doctorate in the Bible and how to do church. And so does that make me completely... I don't know, qualified? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I could tell you that just because you're a doctor doesn't necessarily mean that you know everything. It means I know more, but if I know more of the wrong thing, it just means I can be more convinced about the wrong thing. Doctors can have biases. Doctors can make mistakes. So just because a, you know someone says they're a doctor, that doesn't mean they know everything about everything. And that doesn't mean that they're always right. And you can trust me on that because I'm a doctor. So... What I want to try and do is make a case. I want to try to build a case. And instead of just telling you, here's what you need to believe, I want to try to take you along a journey of why I came and how I came to believe what I believe about the Bible, about uh, spiritual warfare, and about how to fight back and overcome. So that's why this is going to be stretched out because it's it's a case that you got to build slowly. 
If this was a Netflix series, this would be labeled as a slow burn. We're not going to jump to the action scenes. Um, so you got to be patient and hopefully I'll make it entertaining and informative enough along the way that you'll stick with me. But here's my diagnosis. It comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Let me put it up. Finally, this is the, like the heart of the passage we're going to be looking at, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Let me just look at a couple verses. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We're going to dive into the book of Ephesians as a whole in a couple of episodes. But this is a famous passage if you've ever done any sort of Bible study on spiritual warfare. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And here's what I've highlighted. For our struggle, this is my diagnosis, this is the biopsy result, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. When you think flesh and blood, think of, it's not against my parents, it's not against my neighbor, it's not against that politician, it's not against a worldview, um, even though it's getting closer, it's not just about the economy, it's not just about you know my sports team losing, or me not winning the lottery, or me being sick. It is against something more than flesh and blood, something more than we can see or taste or feel or touch. It is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So that's the diagnosis. And it doesn't come from me. It comes from the Apostle Paul, something he wrote 2,000 years ago. So... We do three sections in each of these Bible studies that I do on Wednesday nights. What should you know? Why should you care? And how should you live? So, what should you know? Well, here's how I try to summarize this. There is a person behind the problems. There's a person behind the problems. It's the devil or Satan or Lucifer. He is called and described several different ways. Some of it is just descriptions. Some of it is titles. Some of it is just, you know, a, a, an adjective describing who he is and uh, the deceiver, the father of lies. There's so many different words for him. But the one thing I want you to kind of hone in on is that there is a person behind the problem. That's what Paul's alluding to when he says it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, a couple of chapters earlier, he um, actually gets a lot more specific with it. In Ephesians chapter 2, he says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's the devil the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So he is very specific about that. And this person, the devil, goes all the way back to the beginning. He is first introduced in the pages of Scripture in Genesis chapter 3. When um, Let me take that off. Okay, Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than in any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And so the fall of Adam and Eve comes because of the deception of the serpent, who is the devil. So he has been around from the very beginning, and he has been deceiving and destroying the world from the very beginning. And so we see him with, uh, Paul is referring to him, we see him with Adam and Eve. Did Jesus ever interact with the devil? Yes, Jesus interacted with the devil. And actually, Jesus interacted with the devil at the very beginning, right at the beginning of his ministry, 
And at once, this is verse 12 of Mark chapter 1, the very beginning of Mark's gospel. What happened in verse 11 is he got baptized. So Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came on him, and then at once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. That is another story for another time. The point I want to try to make here is that there is a person behind the problems. It's not just a random bad luck. There is a force behind the problems. There is a person behind the problems. Why should you care? All right. Well, there's a devil. Okay, there, there's a devil. Why, why, why should you care about that? And the reason I go with these three sections, what should you know, why should you care, and how should you live is because I want to try to affect all three major areas of, of you as a person. I want to try to shape the way that you think by helping you, you know, know truth. I want to try to, you know, affect your heart, prick your heart, and get you to actually care about it. And then I want to give you something to do. Um, how should you live? So we want to affect the head, the heart, and the hands. So what should you know? There is a person behind the problems. Why should you care? Well, I mean, the, the, the cause makes a difference. Like if, 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 you, if you have a problem and there's no diagnosis or if there's a misdiagnosis, it can cause incredible heartache. A medical version of this, Mark chapter 5. So Jesus went with, this is in the middle of going with a, a, a synagogue leader, and a large crowd was followed Jesus and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Can I get an amen, somebody? I mean, you can just go on Twitter, you can go on Reddit, you can go on Facebook, and you can hear horror stories of people who were misdiagnosed. Some of you were misdiagnosed. Sometimes it was just because the doctor didn't know. Sometimes it was ignorance. Sometimes because the doctor didn't care. But I mean, sometimes, you know, for us, when it comes to the, the diagnosis of the devil, it's even worse. There's an active conspiracy to try to deceive and destroy us. So when this woman came, she heard about Jesus. She came up to him. She touched his cloak. She said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. So she came to Jesus and she was free. But what I want to focus on is that she suffered under many doctors. Bad diagnoses happen all the time. So why should we care that there is a person behind the problem? Because many times we don't really understand or sit with that. We think it's just, oh, I'm just having a bad day. Oh, or just, you know, just bad luck. And again, I don't want to take it too far because then a lot of times we'll just, you know, shift responsibility and, you know, and we have to take responsibility for our own, own actions. But there is someone, there is an active force trying to shape the way that we think, trying to shape the way that we see truth and deceiving us so that when we make those bad actions of which we have to take responsibility for, we're doing it on bad information. The devil is behind all this and we need to know it, see it, and name it. So the opening question I had, if bad things are happening to you, does it make a difference if it's random or if someone is trying to talk to you? I mean, it's, someone's trying to sabotage you. Yes. 
I think it absolutely makes a difference. Let me give you two examples. So the first one, um, just recently, um, middle of summer, massive heat wave. If you follow me on social media, you might've seen, you know, my wife asking for recommendations for uh, AC repair because our AC went out. I mean, it went out. Of course, it went out on a Friday evening, right before the weekend. We called our AC guy. He was awesome. He came out the next morning. But he's like, "Hey, it's 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 a part, you know. I gotta order it. It won't be here till uh, you know, till after the weekend." So we called it, and we were thinking, "Geez, it's a it was a big part," and we we're thinking, you know, is this gonna be hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars because it was a pretty major part. Our AC guy Kenny was awesome. He, you know, got them to replace it under warranty. And, you know, we were hardly charged anything. So anyways, we went through an entire uh, weekend with no AC, you know, in the main part of our house. And it got up to 93 degrees, uh, which is really, really, really hot. Okay. Um, So it, it was miserable. It was a miserable weekend. But here's how I wrote it off. You know, it's a machine. Machines break. It's bad. It's just one of those things. We live in a fallen world technology sometimes break it's great until it's not you know it it just happens now that's one thing because i think it was random i don't think it was intentional but what if i come to find out that it was it was my neighbor that it wasn't just accidental it wasn't just one of those things would it change it in my mind if i realized that it was actually my neighbor who sabotaged it because they they hated me. They wanted to ruin my life. They wanted to, you know, it cost me thousands of dollars in repairs. Yeah, that that would that would change things. That would change things tremendously. So there is a difference between if it's someone, you know, intentionally targeting you versus if it's random. Let me give you another one. Now, this is this is going to be a little bit loaded, so let's try not to go crazy on the on on the rabbit hole, but one of the main questions that people have been debating for the last three years is the um, origins of COVID. And was it just bats and it was just a natural thing or was it out of a lab, you know, in Wuhan? Now, people can go back and forth. And at the end, I'm not sure if we'll 100% know, and I'm not here to give you my theories on it. I'm just talking about why are we even arguing about it? Why does it matter? I mean, the effects are the same, but I think we would all say it does matter because if it was just a natural evolution of bats and it's just one of those things like the Black Plague and, you know, sometimes it just happens and it just naturally goes from, you know, from animals to to humans. Hey, life stinks. Hate that it happened. Too many people died. It wrecked too many lives. It's just one of those things that you just chalk up to, man, it's just a really messed up world out there. That's one thing. If it was, if it came out of a lab and if it was bioengineered and it was just bad, you know, lab security and it slipped out and it didn't mean to, but, you know, it was designed by humans, that just takes the outrage up to another level. And that's what some of the earlier comments came about. Like, hey, you know, it's, it's the betrayal. And if it was not only designed in a lab, but if it was released intentionally, well, then that's an act of war. I mean, there, there's so many different levels of of intensity when bad things happen, you know, the intention behind it. So the bad stuff that's happening in this world is not just, oh, it's just this world. There is an active 
personal malignant force behind it all. It's not random. It's designed and it's intentional. And there's a force. There's a fallen angel named Lucifer or the Satan, the accuser or the devil that's behind all of it. That's the main point of tonight. We just need to sit with that, that all this stuff that we can legitimately get mad about, there is a force ultimately behind it. We still have to take our responsibility for what we're a part of, but there is a force behind it and we need to name it. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's not random. It's not random. There is a force behind it. So why should you care? Well, because the devil prefers to work in the shadows. He prefers for you to think that it is just random. It's just one of those things. The world is just out to get you. It's just this general sense of, of badness or evil that's out there. He prefers to work in the shadows. So don't give him what he wants. The Bible is incredibly clear from Genesis all the way through Revelation. It points the finger at the source behind all of it. And it's sin and the devil. So we need to call it what it is because until we correctly diagnose the problem, unless we have the right diagnosis from this biopsy, we're never going to be able to attack the problem if we're not attacking it at the source. So what's at stake? So, I mean, if we, if we don't get excited that it's the devil, we don't really think about that. We don't really want to have those bad vibes. Well, what we're going to end up doing is we're going to be trying to solve problems without solving it at its source. And it'll be like trying to put a, a Band-Aid on cancer. If you've got cancer, you know, putting a Band-Aid on it, it might treat the symptoms, but it's not going to attack it at the source. If you've got really bad headaches because the cancer is affecting your eyesight, well, you could just take more aspirin. But that's not going to attack it at its source. If we really want to get you know, at the heart of the issues, we have to go to the source of the problems. And the source of the problems in our world is a person, is a being, is a personal force named the devil. And so we have to go after it. So when our kids are being, you know, led away and led astray and they're being sucked up by the world, that's not in, that's not random. That is the devil going after our kids, going after our grandkids, capturing their hearts and their minds and filling their lives and their minds with deceitful ideas. And we can get mad at this publishing company or that media company, but the ultimate source behind all of it, if you want to attack it at the source, it's the devil. You know, our world is full of addiction and you can, we can get mad at the people that are addicted because they can't get over it and, and they have to bear some responsibility. We can get mad at the people who manufacture all these things that get people addicted. You can get mad at them, but ultimately the devil is behind all of it. So we have to go to the source. You can get mad at the church if the church has hurt you and you can get mad at this person or that person, but the source behind the deception, the, the, the source behind sin that's fueling it is, is the devil. It doesn't, doesn't do anyone good to get mad at other people. You get, you get mad at the source and that's the devil. And so that's, that's why I just want to take one episode and just try to lay it out as clearly as possible. There is a person behind the problems and that person is 
the devil. So that's why we should care. We should care enough not to give the devil what he wants. He wants to operate in the shadows, so just don't let him. Don't let him operate in the shadows. So that was why you should care. Let's finish with how should you live? Jesus exposed the devil's playbook so that we can fight back and we can overcome. Jesus exposed the devil's playbook. That's my grand theory about Jesus in the temptation experience in the wilderness. Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4. Jesus went into the wilderness to do battle against the devil. Matthew and Luke are not autobiographies. Jesus never wrote an autobiography. There were no GoPro cameras in the desert to capture what happened between the devil and Jesus. So, for that story to get out, either the devil or Jesus had to tell the disciples. It had to get to the disciples to get to Mark, to get to Luke, or Matthew and Luke. Someone had to tell them, either Jesus or the devil. And I don't think the devil wanted to go around bragging about the time he got whooped by Jesus in the wilderness, which means Jesus was the one who told his disciples something that happened before he met them. Why would he do that? I think it was to expose the devil's playbook. Here's how the devil came after me. Here's the three temptations using the world, the flesh, and the devil. And here's how I overcame it. Because he wanted to teach the disciples how to not just resist the devil, but overcome the devil. If you look in the book of Revelation, when Jesus writes the letters to the seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3, he finishes each of the seven letters in the same way. He says, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes. There is this expectation that when we fight the devil, we are to overcome the devil. And that's why it's we want to um, not just look how the devil attacks, that's part one, but you look down there at the bottom, how to fight back and how to know that you're winning. So that's, that's why this whole series, it's a long series, Lord willing, we'll get through all of it, but I want to try to teach you from Ephesians 6 how to fight back, how to know that you're winning, and how the devil attacks you. Now, Jesus exposed the devil's playbook so that we can fight back and that we can overcome. So what does that mean for us? Like, how do we put that into, word, into words? Well, let me give you a word picture. And if you're a Star Wars buff, you'll get this. And I think it was Mark who I put a question on this last week and he automatically said it. And, and it's, it's this. I have the high ground. Come on. If you're a Star Wars guy at all or a Star Wars girl at all, you know this. How does the line go? It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. It's the big, you know, battle in episode three between Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi. We need to fight and not just fight. We need to fight and we need to overcome and we need to fight. Not like we're losing. Not like we're coming from behind. Not like the devil has the upper hand. We need to fight like we have the high ground. Where do I get that? I want to. One of the, the the hopes and the thrust behind the series is to give you the confidence and the tools to fight from a position of victory, to fight from the high ground. I get that from Ephesians chapter six, and I highlighted it for you. Look at how Paul uses the word "stand." 
Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God's full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Go down to verse 13. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand and then stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and then all the pieces of the armor that we're going to get into. But he's not telling us to, you know, take back the high ground from the enemy. He's saying, no, no, no. We have the high ground. The devil has already been defeated by Jesus on the cross. And that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is now living in us. The spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is now living in us. So through the spirit, we have the high ground. We're not trying to take you know, enemy, ground back from the enemy. The enemy is trying to take ground back from us. That's one of the first deceptions that the, the devil tries to give us is that we're the ones coming fighting from behind. We're the ones that are fighting from a, a position of disadvantage. No, no, no. It's the devil that's fighting to try to knock us off our perch. We're like the king of the mountain. He's trying to knock us down. We have the high ground. That's why Paul uses the word stand. All we have to do is protect the ground, protect the families, protect those that we love because we have the high ground. And what Ephesians 6 does and what the armor of God does and why it's defensive in nature is because we're called to defend what Jesus has already won for us. So, I hope to teach you how to fight, to fight back, and to overcome. Now, with that, that's, that's kind of where we're going to go. You can find this. Uh, you can find a lot of other resources on uh, the website that I keep up. I don't update it all the time, but I'm going to try to put all these on there. Uh, www.thejesus.thefamily. And I hope that you know that there is a person behind the problems and that the enemy loves to uh, he loves to operate in the shadow, so don't give him what he wants. And that the Jesus exposed the devil's playbook so that we can fight back and overcome because we have the high ground. That's what we covered this week. Let me tease you a little bit for next week. Next week, we're going to go with Decoding Enigma. Decoding Enigma. That's a historical reference to World War II. Enigma was the secret code that the Nazis used to communicate with each other. They would communicate with all their forces when they were fighting the Allies with Enigma. The Enigma code was a secret code that they had. Now, they were transmitting it over the radio waves so we could intercept those codes. We just couldn't decode it. We just couldn't break it. Once we figured out how to break it, we started reading the Nazis' mail, and that was a huge reason why we ended up winning World War II. So, if episode one is saying, hey, we got a problem, and if episode two is saying, hey, there's a person behind the problem, and it's the devil, well, then we're going to spend episode three getting incredibly clear about just how the devil attacks. How does the devil attack? Because it's not in the way that most of us think. <laughs>